Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. What happens to homeschool children after they grow up and become adults? Well, studies show they turn into rock stars. Not literally, of course, but we're gonna interview Kevin Swanson, leader of the Homeschool Educators Movement. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. Today we have part four of our four-part interview with homeschool educator expert, Kevin Swanson. He is director of Christian Home Educators of Colorado, and he's also the author of several books, but he is also a researcher, an analyst, and has the statistical facts to back up his contention that homeschooling actually produces smarter, healthier, and more morally suitable members of society when they become adults. Kevin, welcome back to the program. Thank you, it's great to be back with you, chaps. So this is part four of our interview. You're gonna bring us home with some statistics yes. that back up this contention that homeschoolers turn out smarter and lead healthier, more productive lives as adults. And this is pretty exciting because you know I was homeschooled as a child and I grew up and became a student body president of a West Coast University and went on to corporate management to work and I'm a pastor now and I lead several ministries. And you and so. ran for governor of Colorado. I did in 1994. So yeah, I was involved in, I lost. Of course. I lost, right. but, uh, but I, I've just been involved in a lot of leadership opportunities. And I used to say homeschooling works, look at me. And I sample size of one, not real helpful. And of course, I've got issues too. But it's exciting that there are more homeschool graduates today than there ever have been. And they come out by the thousands, by the tens of thousands. I think almost everybody knows a homeschool graduate. And it's not to say that homeschooling is a panacea. We've got to be careful. It's not like everybody who's ever been homeschooled, everything works out well. We've got to be cautious with that. It's not to say that homeschooling is the only thing God is doing in this country. Uh, so now when you're a leader in the movement, sometimes you feel that this is you know what God well, is doing and it's, it's the, wonderful. And the it's movement great. has expanded. It was only it you know, 10,000 people in That's the 1980s. Right. Now 3 million That's American right. children are schooled at home. That's right. This, God is doing something. It's huge and it's increasing. And we'll talk about that on this program. But let's talk about the results. Uh, Dr. Brian Ray did a study called Homeschool Grows Up and he looked at 7,200 homeschool graduates and he wanted to know how's it going after the homeschool graduation. And and again, friends, this is this is a key movement. God has raised up this movement at an era in which there's been, you know, a secularization of society. We certainly have seen family issues getting slammed in the political sphere. You know, this is a tough time. Wouldn't you agree, chaps? This is not the easiest time for right. those who maintain a conservative Christian moral base. Uh, there's a culture war at, at raging for the soul of our children. Big they, time. They want to recruit our Christian That's kids right. into their lifestyle, That's their right. movement. So, so how's it going on average? Well, as it turns out, this homeschool graduation uh, group is doing actually pretty well. In terms of academics, we'll talk about academics first, then the spiritual results. Um, in terms of academics, homeschoolers are three times more likely to get master's degrees. Uh, homeschool graduates are twice as likely to be very happy with life as compared to their public school and private school 
uh, graduates, and uh, homeschoolers are uh, two times more likely to be involved in their community. But here's here's the thing that I think we got to really pay attention to, and that is that homeschool graduates are 14 times more likely to be involved in political campaigns, in politics, than their counterparts from public and private schools. That's That's significant. That's really significant. I think this indicates that homeschoolers may be uh, a significant part of the movers and shakers in society. Now, why is this? They're involved. They're engaged. They've got a worldview. They've been given a worldview. Generally speaking, homeschoolers have a pretty conservative worldview, and we'll talk about that as well. And they're not all Republicans, but they are all conservative. They tend to be pretty conservative, right. Now, there are a percentage of them are going towards the leftist approach. And again, this is an era in which 70% of millennials are saying, yay, go non-traditional marriage. This is an era in which the millennial generation is far more likely to be secular. They're not attending church. They're, they're more likely to believe in socialism, big government, homosexual marriage. Okay, but the homeschool population, far less likely to support the liberal causes. So I think that's significant. Now, perhaps we ought to take a look at the spiritual elements uh, in a survey that we conducted as part of our ministry, generations.org. We looked at 10,000 millennial graduates, and it was, it was a huge study we did over a period of about two years. And you spent tens of thousands of we dollars. Did. This we is a did. professional yeah. academic research That's right. study. Again, assisted by Dr. Brian Ray and the National Home Education Research Institute. And what we found, we were focused on homeschooling. We wanted to know if homeschoolers were committed are they committed to homeschooling their own kids? Now, there's a percentage that have been a, a little bit embittered against their homeschool experience. And understand that not everybody's experience, not everybody's family is as functional as it ought to be. We all know that. There are, there are challenges, there are difficulties about bringing relationships into the home and living very close together with each other for long periods of time. We can rub each other the wrong way. And, but the you know, vast majority were, were happy and satisfied. Oh yeah, the vast majority loved their experience. Yeah, 82% of homeschool graduates say, I'm on board, I'm gonna homeschool my own kids. Wow. Now that was significant for us, why? Because we're looking at a population of two to three million. And here's the key, the average homeschool family right now has between three and 3.5 kids per family. While the rest of the population is birth imploding in America, as you know, America's birth imploding, along with 80, per, 80 other developed nations around the world. You, you clarify that term for people that is, who don't know. It's, it's under the replacement rate. Americans are not replacing their birth rate. They're, they're not having enough kids where they will replace the population of the previous generation. And the worker to retiree ratio for the millennial generation is going to be about three times uh, lower than it was in 1950, and that's going to be terrible for the socioeconomic situation. More seniors now. on Social Security than the system can handle. That's right, because and we, far less workers. Because America has, forgive me, aborted so many young children that live, healthy babies are not coming into the system fast enough to pay their taxes. That's right. That's right. But homeschoolers are having kids. Homeschoolers are discipling their kids. Homeschoolers have a desire to pass on something of a vision or a faith onto the next generation in general, in general. 82% of kids of homeschool graduates are saying, yep, we're on board. We're going to homeschool our, our kids in the next generation. Well, what does that mean for the population of homeschooling? If homeschooling is, is maintaining something of a health for faith, 
for family, for freedom, for the future, then are, are, is homeschooling a growing movement or a shrinking movement? What we find in our statistics, chaps, is it is growing. And well, you have this chart here. Leaps and bounds. Growth of homeschooling in the next 15 years. What is that? Yes, what we find is that there's a, there's a first generation growth. And according to the National Department of Education, homeschooling is growing at seven to eight percent per year. Now that's significant. It's the fastest growing educational choice in America. So the first generation, that's those that are just discovering homeschooling, they're growing at seven to eight percent per year, meaning that we're gonna have about five million uh, of the first generation homeschoolers by the year. Uh, 2029, 20, 2030. Now, if we follow the second generation, that is those who have already been homeschooling in the previous generation, like myself. I was homeschooled in the 1960s and 70s. I homeschooled five kids over the last 22 years. Now, the, the, the generation of 3 million homeschool graduates that have come down the pike since the 1990s, 82% of them are going to homeschool their 3.5 kids. What does that mean? Well, that adds another 5 million, meaning that by the year 2030, we're going to have about 10 million homeschooled kids in America, and that's going to make a significant impact. So it's getting traction and it's going to grow geometrically. Big time. Wow. Big time. So this is the future. God has raised up this population. God has raised up family discipleship. God has raised up parents who have a special interest in their kids who don't want to send their kids off to schools in which they're going to learn... <clears throat> practices uh, sexual of sexual deviance and things like that. Their parents are concerned about that. Their We've parents... got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to have Kevin explain the rest of this study and how the worldviews of these homeschooled children change compared to their public school peers. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Take action today. Dr. Chaps needs you to sign an important online petition. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. I even demanded my own misdemeanor court-martial and finally, Congress agreed with me and reversed the bad Navy policy. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Let's take action today for religious freedom. Would you sign that petition with me? Visit PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. Please visit PrayInJesusName.org and sign today's petition right now. Again, visit PrayInJesusName.org to sign our petition right now. How is your marriage doing? Ladies, would you like to learn how to get your husband to love you the way Christ loves the church? Men, would you like your wife to show proper respect? You know there's a Bible way to have a godly marriage? I'm not saying I'm the expert, but we interview in a four-part video teaching series a marriage and family ministry expert Vince Dacchioli, and we go through the scriptures in four different parts. Part one is God's design for man and woman. Part two is godly roles for husband and wife. Three is sex and intimacy within godly marriage. And also God's plan for divorce. You wanna have this important four-part video series available for a suggested donation of $30 if you call our toll-free prayer line at 866-Obey-God 
Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. We're in part four of Homeschooling, the National Movement. Kevin Swanson, uh, you're an author of several books. We're gonna talk about a couple of titles uh, in a minute, but you did this study. You commissioned with uh, Dr. Ray several you know, tens of thousands of dollars to come up with certain key data points on the basis of 10,000 homeschool graduates who were surveyed. What else did you learn? Well, you know, th this was the era of bad news in the sense that the millennial generation was leaving the faith, they were leaving the churches, they tended to be more socialist, more liberal in their public policies and so forth. So we wanted to ask the question, is there any good news? Is, is God doing anything uh, in the next generation? And I think I think he is. I, I think you look, look hard enough and you study what's going on and you find that God is blessing uh, certain segments uh, of our population and certainly home education has been an area in which God raised up this this movement through Dr. James Dobson and others in the 1980s uh, that has really yielded some great fruit. Now, it doesn't bat a thousand and certainly, you know, it's not the panacea for all ills, but God has certainly blessed us with this this movement. And, and so we compared the public school experience to the private school, to the Christian school, to the homeschool. And we said, what, what are the things that contributed to the success of this population? And, and what we find is that, that education methodology was important, that if parents chose the right methodology, it did correlate to uh, success, certainly in the areas of worldview and the retention of faith and church attendance for the next generation. So while millennials might be losing their faith as a broad categorization mm -hmm. of their age group, homeschool millennials are not losing their faith. They're That's re right. retaining That's the, right. the core elements of the faith and they become faithful church attenders uh, as they grow yes, up. Yes, we see that more and more uh, with the home educated population. So so here's an example. I, you know, We asked about school methodology and then we asked if they, uh, they still believed in, in God creating the world in six days. And, and what we found is that those millennials that had a, a, an educa a homeschool education uh, tended to believe in creation, tended to believe in God at a higher percentage than those that had been educated in you Christian have a, schools and public schools. You have a graph schools. here with nine lines and there's some red and there's some orange yes. and green. Explain well, what this let means. Let me explain it. Uh, as, you, as you go down the left-hand side, you find there are years at which these students, these millennials, were raised in Christian homes and they were homeschooled for three years, for four to eight years, for nine to 13 years, and or Christian schooled, see zero to three years, four to eight years, nine to 13 years, or uh, public schooled for zero to three years, four to eight years, and nine to 13 years. And the red indicates the number or the percentage of them that believe in evolution, that th they did not believe that God created them uh, in 24 hours, or God created at all, but it was evolution that, that effectively formed us. Uh, and that was their worldview. We wanted to know something of their worldview. And so what you find is that the longer these young people had been homeschooled, the more likely they were to believe in a biblical concept of creation. The longer they were Christian schooled, the less likely they were to believe in creation, and the longer they were public schooled, the far less likely they were to believe in a biblical account, the biblical account of creation. Now, this particular study was done uh, 
on kids raised in Christian homes attending Christian churches. Does that make sense? Yes. This is not the wider population of all millennials. This is, these are the kids, these are the millennials raised in the average Christian homes in America in the 1980s and 1990s. So if Christian kids, church attending with their parents, if they go to public schools, they're gonna lean toward evolution. If they're homeschooled, they're gonna lean toward creation. But the surprise I see is this middle category, that if they go to a Christian school, maybe it's a private school, maybe it's a Catholic or evangelical, they're getting a Christian education, but the data shows they're not retaining a biblical worldview as well as they would if they were in homeschool? Well, that's right. That's right. It was a shock to the researchers too. They, they were, they were, this was the most surprising uh, charts that they saw was they thought that Christian schooling would have had a stronger impact. Now, I believe there are certain Christian schools that do better than others, but I showed this data to the principal of the largest Christian school in America. And he came back to me and said, I believe it. I believe it. The you, principal of the largest Christian school in America said that homeschooling generally does better than Christian schooling at retaining something of a biblical worldview. Interesting. And that's something. Well, the, the point is that I think biblical discipleship in the home by the parents is the most powerful form of education and or discipleship you can creationism, get. but you studied another question here. Yes, we asked about the belief in God. Uh, do you believe in God? And sure enough, something similar developed uh, in the lives of these millennials. If they had been homeschooled for a very long time, they were very likely to believe in God. Uh, if they had been Christian schooled, uh, the longer they're Christian schooled, the less likely, and the longer they were public schooled, the less likely they were to believe in God. And yet, look at the green, and you find that there are other factors at work in these kids' lives. And this particular seg uh, segment of, of uh, kids raised in Christian homes, many of them still believe in God. So I think we need to retain that as well, that it's not just education methodology that, that contributes to it, yet education met methodology is important. Now, this final chart, we want to talk a little, little bit about their worldview and how it expresses itself when it comes to the issue of traditional marriage. And, you know, this is the watershed issue of the day, would you agree, in yeah. terms of whether your worldview is kicking in and providing something of a, a strong biblical perspective when it comes to the cultural issues of the day. Politically, it's most divisive in terms of right or left. It, do you believe in gay marriage or not believe yeah. in gay marriage? It, it certainly is dividing in a political sense, and it certainly does give you a sense for whether they are they are committed to a biblical worldview. That is, right. whenever they come up with an issue, they're gonna ask the question, what does the Bible say about that? And go straight to the word of God and go with the authority that God puts on that issue and then takes God's side on the issue versus the side of the gods of the marketplace. But this chart the, has the, four, the new opinions four bars. What are these different colors? Well, mean? you've got four sets of millennials we talk about here. Just the general American millennials are on the far left side. 72% of American millennials today oppose traditional marriage. That is, they, they take the side of Obergefell, they take the side of the Supreme Court of the United States that have set themselves against 6,000 years of, of God's order and said, hey, we've got a good idea. Let's abolish traditional marriage. And that just happened last year. So young people support so gay they marriage. They very much support gay marriage. 72% right. of millennials support uh, homosexual marriage. And about 36% of those who are churched and public schooled will believe in 
homosexual marriage. Okay, that is those raised in the Christian church. And yet they were sent to public schools. About 36, 38% of them were likely to believe in traditional marriage. And those who are churched and attended Christian schools, about 28% of them uh, were opposed to traditional marriage. And amongst those who were homeschooled, the number was closer to 16%. So you see significant difference. Only 16% of homeschool graduates would agree with the average millennial, or 70% of millennials, who would oppose traditional marriage and uh, br bring about, a, <coughs> excuse me, bring about, <coughs> bring about a liberal agenda. So this chart shows to me that it's not enough, if you're a Christian parent, you're concerned about what your kid learns. It's not enough to send them to public school and bring them to church. It's not even enough to send them to a Christian private school and bring them to church. If you really want them to embrace the biblical values that homeschooling is by far the most effective way of preserving the, your Judeo-Christian tradition and their view of biblical marriage. Yes, chaps, I think that's the conclusion that uh, homeschooling really does help to, to salvage our children. It's Again, it's not the panacea, but it is a great way to sustain the faith, to lay down the layers of concrete necessary to give our kids a, a strong worldview so they can stand against the winds of the zeitgeist that blow so strongly against them and turn them against God and against his word. That's it. We're gonna take one more short break. When we come back, we'll talk about these two books. Kevin wrote The Apostate and The Tattooed Jesus. What does he mean by that? giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. By now you're enjoying our daily news program, PIJN News, and where else are you gonna see a TV news anchor stop and pray with his audience after every story? We are unique, and we're changing the world in three ways. Number one, we're bringing you daily news from a Christian perspective, news-making interviews. Number two, we are mobilizing thousands of people to pray to God to join us and change world history as it unfolds. And number three, we are sending thousands of petitions to Congress. I know you wanna partner with us and we have a new method to do that. It's by donating your loose change on a daily basis. Well, if you're like me, most people actually don't carry many coins in their pocket because we're an electronic society. We're donating uh, through credit cards or debit cards. We're making daily purchases and we don't have coins. So how can you donate your loose change? Well, we have an easy system where we've partnered with His Kingdom Funding for a secure automatic donation to round up every purchase that you make to the nearest dollar. Well, what do I mean by that? Let's say you go and you buy a cup of coffee and a, and a bagel and the, the purchase is $5.75. And you swipe your credit card. Well, because you've signed up your card with our system, it'll be rounded up to $6 and that 25 cent difference will be donated to our ministry automatically. And you don't even have to think about it. You're rounding up to the next dollar, you're donating your spare change to us on a, on a regular basis, and you're changing the world with PIJN News. Just visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and click on the Loose Change icon. It'll take you through an automatic sign-up process, and at the end of the year, you will get a tax-deductible receipt of your giving for the entire year. So help us change the world today. Visit PrayInJesusName.org and partner with us to change the world. God bless you in Jesus' name. He is the intersection of church and state. 
Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps, joined for one last segment. Kevin, you've written several books. We can find these at your website, generations.org. No, or is it yes, .com? That's right, generations.org. Generations.org. One of those is apostate. And this is a, a historical view of people who change the way that the Western society views education. Yes. And, 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 and to my mind, it, you think about people like John Dewey. Who was he? Well, John Dewey was the father of modern education, but he was raised in a Christian home. But he eventually became a secularist and atheist and an author of the Humanist Manifesto. You know the Humanist Manifesto. Right. Uh, well, how did this happen? How does he turn away from the Christian faith? His mother was a great evangelical. Uh, he was raised in a Christian home, turned away from his evangelical faith, and then tur turns into a raving atheist, a strong socialist and a humanist. Hence the title apostate. Apostate. He the lost his faith. He did. Well, he walked away from his parents' faith. And he turned into uh, what I would call the Nephilim, and I use that term from the pre-fall giants, these powerful, violent men who had tremendous influence upon the entire earth. And we find this out of many of the philosophers and many of the cultural giants and the literary giants, and the educational giants of the 19th century and the early 20th century. So if you want to know how in the world America turned into this terrible secular country in which uh, homosexual marriage was adopted by the Supreme Court of the United States, in which 60, 80 million babies have been aborted and, and murdered and since 1960. out of schools in the 1960s. Say, well, how in the world does this happen? Well, it happened because of the apostasy that was going on in the 19th century. I think Christians ought to ask the question, how did we get to where we are today? You've got to read history. You've got to know history. And I think apostate, the men who destroyed the Christian West, is the best way to explain what happened. How did we get here? You have wrote this other book, The Tattooed Jesus. You have some of the same survey results that we talked about. The Gen 2 survey that you just described with those slides are in this yes. book in an appendix in the yes. back. But what's this about tattoos? Well, the Gen 2 survey also dealt with culture and the influence of cultural uh, powers upon our kids. And this deals with pop culture and the, the force of pop culture in the movie theater. You think that all of this liberalization of American universities and American politics uh, comes about through politics. No, it actually comes about through Hollywood and Nashville, they're far, far more influential upon the average millennial than their K-6 or K-12 teachers and their college professors. So you wanna know who the real movers and shakers are that are changing the direction of America. It's the pop culture leaders. And right. I talk about how to engage the battle against the ideas formed in Nashville and Hollywood in this book on pop culture called The Tattoo Jesus, what the real Jesus would do with pop culture. Do you have uh, references to Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, and Miley Cyrus? Oh yeah, and Harry Potter, <laughs> and Jack Bauer, and Sesame Street, and The Hunger Games. There you go. Have you heard of any of these things? They have worldviews underneath them, and they powerfully influence our young people today. Get the books, visit his website, generations.org. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. If you need prayer today, please call us at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Kevin Swanson, thank you for this series. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you, it's been a pleasure. God bless you and God bless the ministry. All right, God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time. Today I want to invite you to sign an important petition to Congress to protect military chaplains, especially their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name. 
If you remember my story, you know that I was vindicated by Congress in 2006 after I took a principled stand for the right to pray in Jesus' name. But Congress never did pass a positive law to let chaplains pray according to their conscience. Would you sign that petition with me? Let's take action today. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.